Not too long ago, we were hoarding toilet paper, hunting for hand sanitizer, and spending our days six feet apart. And during this unfamiliar and scary time, there was a song that helped us reprioritize. A song with a message that made us stop, think, and bury any grudges we might have. That song was from J.P. Sachs. But if the world was ending, you come over, right? You come over and you say the night. Would you love me for the hell of it? All our fears would be irrelevant. Fans around the world have told J.P. directly that his song has repaired their relationship. It's even fired up conspiracy theorists who have accused him of having advanced knowledge of the pandemic. Sack shrugs this off and says, I don't even know what the Illuminati is. JP then re-recorded the song with several artists, including Sam Smith, Her, Niall Horan, Alessia Cara, Kesha, and former Spot podcast guests Phineas, Jason Derulo, and Anthony Ramos, all lending their voice to benefit Doctors Without Borders. But if the world was ending, you'd come over, right? You'd come over and you'd stay the night. Would you love me for the hell of it? All our fears would be irrelevant. The song was later nominated for a Grammy Award, which led JP's songwriting collaborations to include John Mayer and Marin Morris. Love too big for a love song. If I tried to sum it up, I know I get it wrong. Sometimes if it don't sound right, I apologize. I just said it because it As a self-described weirdo kid from Canada, JP has often said he has too many feelings and not many friends. He considers his music to be the first place he figured out what it meant to have a relationship with himself. Cause we were really something. One week. We were really everything I ever thought in love and someone. My name is Eric Zachary. This is the Spot Podcast, where famous people spot off about more than they're famous for. And today, that's Jonathan Percy Starker Sachs, aka JP Sachs. JP Sachs, how Thanks are you? Thanks for having man? me. I'm doing great, other than the... Yeah, we, we, let's explain the avocado incident real quick. It's pretty simple. I'm, I tried to cut an avocado. <laughs> it, it didn't go as planned. Nope, we didn't want any thumb on the toast. Yeah, but you're, you're doing okay. You can still have the, the right hand to play piano. Yeah, I mean, I've got most... I mean, it'll, it'll be fine. We'll figure it We're out. We're going to go from here to the hospital to the show. Okay, see? It's going to be badass. It's a it's, long day. Yeah, you know? Who said gone sensitive through... singer-songwriters couldn't be rock stars? And you've gone through... You have a story now, you know, on stage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll for sure tell the story on stage. How could I not? I want to hear the story of your grandfather real quick. Okay. We were just talking about him because really? of Yahtzee. Yeah. And how, whether it takes skill or not. And I was reminded of my grandfather because it was his favorite game. Is it, is, is it Janos? Janos Starker. Okay. Not yon, known for Yahtzee, known yeah. for the cello. Yeah. A world-renowned cellist, too. Yeah. Yeah. He was amazing. Extremely, extremely inspiring and intimidating. A professor at a university. Mm-hmm. At IU, yeah, he taught That's classes there. Wild man, and he has a Grammy, mm-hmm. which was I own it. bequeathed to you. Yeah. I own the Grammy. I, I don't have this... a Grammy, but I own a Grammy. But you were nominated for a Grammy. I own. I have a Grammy nominee medal. Okay. I own a Grammy trophy. We're getting. There. Haven't earned it yet. So what was it like? I mean, obviously you're growing up with music from every aspect. Mm-hmm. What do you remember most about your grandfather? Whenever you're on stage or recording or writing, is there something that comes to mind? Hungarian salami. He loved it. Okay. Um, also, <laughs> he he. When I started playing the cello, which I was horrible at, and he told me I was too old to start um, <laughs> when I was twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he took me under his under his wing and would bring me to classes, which was really special. So when I quit the cello two years later, we had already built that relationship, and I got into jazz and yeah. got into pop. And was he mad that you quit the cello? No. He was like, nah, it's not your thing. At the end of his life, uh, he, 
someone told me that he had been watching The Voice to try and get an understanding of the music world that like I was in, music. which is extremely sweet. Yeah, he was trying to stay with the times, which is awesome. But music never goes out of time. His music will never go out of time. The yeah. ability to elicit that much beauty and nuance from a, for the most part, single noted instrument is yeah. just mystical to me. It's I, I have so many ways to do it, right? I've got words, I've got melodies, I've got production, instrumentation. There's so many choices right. that can lead to the emotion I'm trying to get into a song. As a cellist, you're playing, for the most part, someone else's repertoire that so many other people have played, and yet you're finding an emotion in it that no one else has that makes you the greatest of all time, and that's what my grandfather did, and it's truly, it's a magic trick, in my opinion. It's very cool to hear you talk about him, because you could just tell, like, he exude it. So, fast-forwarding, well, I should say rewinding, but fast-forwarding from when you left the cello, Around 2013, you're uh, fresh off a trip to L.A., mm-hmm. and you were spending time in L.A., and you were writing with and, and working with Andy Rose. This is an extremely well-prepared interview. Thank you. So I impressed. What's your mindset when you get back to uh, Canada, and you're going, okay, this is like my first real taste of like having and living the writing world? I mean, at that time, I was just wide-eyed and stoked. Mm-hmm. And just naively happy about every adventure. Like nothing felt like, like it felt like seventy percent the struggle. No, no, thirty percent the struggle, seventy percent just an adventure. Like whether it was sleeping in my car yeah. or like going to random open mics to try and make friends so I could sleep on their couches. Right. Just I don't know. It was all very exciting. Try and maintain that energy. But I got back to Toronto, and a lot happened, but I, I think from the moment I left LA, I knew I was going to try and find a way to get back and live there, and I've lived there ever since. So if you could go back to that kid in 2013, 2014, you're playing Drake's Underground and Hughes Room and all that, mm-hmm. with the band, and you're doing the rehearsals, mm-hmm. what would you tell that kid? Uh, take your time, because every part of it's going to be fun in its own way, mm-hmm. and don't, don't try and rush past any of the steps, because you know, playing in the basement of my family house that no longer exists when, like, we were playing shows for 20 people and I wanted nine people in my band because I just wanted all of my <laughs> friends to be there, like, jamming on whatever instruments. Like, you had djembe in the band because I wanted everyone there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like, I think back on that and it was as joyful as this is. Like, I'm living that kid's dreams, yeah. but, but I'd be stoked to live of... his life for a day now, too. So yeah. it's all, it's all part of it. I think when you're goal-oriented, it's easy to really get caught up and like if I until I get there it doesn't matter would you apply that knowledge that strategy to your board game appearance my philosophies about board games are quintessentially the opposite to my philosophies about my music okay. career we're talking just so like people aren't like why are you bringing up board games this is what we want to talk about this yeah, is the real the point things of the that I'm passionate about that aren't my thing yeah um, so with music I think com- for me Competition is not a, a valuable feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm not very competitive. Yeah. I like th- just trying to be the most honed-in version of myself in the music as I can be. I'm not... I, I, I don't know. My intensity comes in my passion for the craft more than anything else. But when it comes to board games, <laughs> I, am, off the I am ruthless, oh, vicious. Man. Like nothing stands between me and victory. What is... <laughs> It's intimidating coming from such a nice guy, too. You're like, I will ruin your life over this game. Music, like, I'm, I'm truly not competitive at all. I'm just, like, trying to, I'm right. grateful to do what I love, and I'd like to do it as the highest level as I possibly can. But, like, I want to see everyone win. Mm-hmm. If we're playing Ticket to Ride, okay. I do not want to see everyone else win. I want to see everyone else, like, truly decimated I, I heard by you me. say Bananagrams. Heard you say Ticket to Ride. So are you more into some of the not as popular mainstream games? Well, that's not as popular. I mean, Bananagrams is one of my favorites. Yeah. 
That's for sure. Um, as my friends in the room can attest, Bananagrams, is, is, it's hard to beat They're me. They're nodding their heads like, yeah, we, we have like, to play it But I usually let my friends win the first time, so they'll play with me again. <laughs> You're a hustler! Yeah. Oh we don't play God. for money, we play for pride. And, and I have a lot of pride in Bananagrams. So what's like the mainstream of like, you got, you know, Sorry, you've got Monopoly, you've got uh, Life, you know, that kind of stuff. What's your, your favorite of those? Bananagrams, Ticket to Ride, Cards Against Humanity. Okay. Those are my top three. Okay. Also, like, I like playing along to Jeopardy. But the high school Jeopardy or the, the kid Jeopardy. The ones the, you can win. The adult Jeopardy, that's yeah. beyond me. You don't know, like, when the Grand Canyon was reinvented in a photo of Oklahoma of, like, 1938 or something. It was 1946. Oh. I thought I was prepared for the interview, <laughs> I was ready, man. I'm sure there's a painting of the Grand Canyon in Oklahoma. Somewhere. I guess. Yeah. So is Monopoly a big thing in Canada? I should ask. I had we time. have it. Oh. I used to have a bunch of themed Monopolies. I remember I had a Blue Jays Monopoly. Got it. So you get to the, like, diagonal corner from Go. Some people play it as when you land on that, you get all the money in the middle. Some people play... No, you just land there and you're just chilling. I don't remember. Okay. My main memory it. about monopolies is the one I cheat at. Like That's I, everyone's main memory I, of Monopoly. If I know, I remember having like cousins or friends come over and we were going to play Monopoly and I would, the morning of, like stash the Monopoly money. I love it. I've never you, told anyone that before. Secrets, man. I like the idea of you like visiting or finding like your, your parents' house and you're like, find like an old pair of pants and there's just like hundreds of Monopoly money just chilling in there from back in the day. It's very possible. It's it's very possible. JP Sachs, man, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Time to go get my thumb stitched up. I Thanks wish be, you the best. Did you have any other questions? I uh, man, I, I don't want to cut you short. I have so many. All right, let me. I've look already real cut fast. one thing short today. <laughs> <laughs> such a dad joke, but it's so true. Um, I heard you bring up sugarfish in an interview. The food, the yeah. the yeah. Yeah, it's like I probably go way more than I should. Do they New have York. that in Portland? No, they don't. Oh. I live in New York. I flew oh. in for you, man. For real? Yeah. You didn't fly in for this I interview. literally flew in to talk to JP. Okay, well then we have to talk about all the things. I just need, real fast. There'll I, be another I, gotta, appointment. I cannot take you from your doctor's appointment. I just want to know, okay, Sugarfish, you go to the LA one, I uh -huh. assume. Which one? Which location? Um, usually the one on Sunset or the one on Ventura. Nice, okay. Both what's, delicious. What's your go-to? Do you do Trust Me Light? Trust Me... No, I make my own choices. You do? You I go, don't trust them. A la carte. I know. You don't trust the one place that tells you to trust them. I don't. I think you, the people you should trust are the people who don't tell you to trust them. My dad always used to say that. If someone says, trust me, don't trust them. I love how you're spinning like a conversation about... Sugarfish is a sushi place, by the way. If you're listening, you don't know what that is. <laughs> it's like the most wise advice possible. Everything's a metaphor. Everything. If you lean into it enough, all of it. God, I wish but we had hours to talk. I've heard we, some of the best sushi, if you like sushi, is in... Um, Portland. Yeah, I had it the other day, actually. There was a spot that I got taken to, because I'm a visiting, too, and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. My girlfriend said bamboo sushi in Portland is her favorite sushi in the world. All right. Check yeah. it out, man. I don't think we're going to get to go because of the show. Next time, man. Next time. Chopsticks would probably be a little hard right now, too. I could do it. I have one <laughs> hand. Just because I can make jokes. No, you can make jokes. JP Sachs, man. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> thank you for having me. Next time, man. You feel I wanted... good about that? Is that all the questions? That was perfect. Yeah, I, I don't want to make you miss the appointment. Okay. But next time, man. Thank you for flying in. Yeah, I'll see you next time, man. Okay, I'm in LA all the time. If you what were the other questions? I didn't. I don't. I don't really have questions. Honestly, I have quick notes. I like to just see where like conversations go. We need to talk about Mayor. Ask me about Mayor. John Mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, one okay. last question because you got to play uh, Late Show, still Stephen Colbert mm -hmm. with Mayor. Mm -hmm. After, of course, like meeting him, working with him, mm -hmm. and whatnot. Did it live up to the hype? Because I assume that's something that like you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, JP is like, I would love to play with John Mayer. Somewhere. 2021 is very stoked. JP is stoked to play with John Mayer too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of the coolest moments of my whole life. I don't think there's many people who've influenced my songwriting more than him. I fell in love with songwriting, listening to Continuum as a 14-year-old. Best song I've continued. Um, 
It's hard. I know. But like, pick one. Stop the strain. Um, I agree. If I have to pick one. Yeah. But the whole um, Knife to my thumb. Stop the strain. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We can't end on a better note than that. JP Sachs, man. Thank you. Oh, that was brilliant. See more of our conversation with JP Sachs at spout underscore podcast on IG or Twitter and at spoutpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe and listen for our new episodes every Sunday night at 9. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media and created by Phil Becker. Spout.